0: What's up and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. This is your host, Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is powered by Stick and Ball TV, the baseball and softball streaming platform. Stick and Ball TV is a baseball-focused streaming platform featuring the best coaches, players, and premium brands in baseball today. Stick and Ball TV creates and curates baseball training content, on-brand partner content, and original lifestyle content, and publishes globally across their web, iOS and Android apps. Check them out at stickinball.tv or on the Stick and Ball TV mobile app. On today's show, we're back with Robert Woodard, head baseball coach at the University of Charlotte. On part one, we discussed his transition into the head coaching job and different rules and standards. But today, we're all about the in season, or as he calls it, the on season. So we discuss ramping up pitchers for the season, technology use, and what 9ATC means. You're going to love this episode with Robert Woodard. Starting to, you know, in the fall and get, getting ready for preseason, uh, which gets ready for in season and then, you know, postseason as well. So tell us a little bit about that transition. So flipping the switch from offseason, you know, what's different for you guys? Where do you guys focus? What's your, what are your time limitations and constraints? And then how are you getting guys ready from now until uh, game one?
1: Yeah. So, in our, you know, we, we've, we've finished our fall season here. So we we're basically going from where we were six days on one day off, um, 20 hours maximum per week, you know, for six or seven weeks to where, you know, we're, we're, um, we're now starting tomorrow, our third week of what we, we actually call it the on season. Um, you know, it's just a kind of a play on words, I guess, just to kind of make sure that we stay in the mindset that it's not the off season. We're actually you know we're we're in the on season here, and um, you know so we we're in our third week of that phase where we really go we're, we're down to you know about eight hours a week with the team five days on two days off, and we try to really you know we've got some pitchers that we're you know that we are you know they they've they've done what they needed to do on the mound and we're 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 deloading them as far as their um, as far as, far as their throwing, uh, sort of ramping them down before we ramp them back up. And we've got a group of pitchers that we feel like we really wanted to either work on an individual pitch type or an aspect of, you know, uh, or, you know, or or maybe multiple things. So we've kept them going. Um, We've got, you know, our position guys, we've got individual skill plans for those guys, whether then, you know, what they need to work on and focus on, you know, defensively or, or, um, you know, offensively or in the weight room and in their, you know, in their training. And so we're really just trying to kind of narrow the focus with, with each individual player in shorter bursts and and give guys a little bit more time to kind of breathe on the weekends. And, you know, I know we had a couple of guys that went, you know, a couple of guys went with one of our players families to Charleston, South Carolina for the weekend to go, to go be together. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's this is the time of year where I think that stuff's really important and I think it's good. Really cool. I think that, uh, you know, so a little bit less, a little bit less baseball time, a little bit more training time in the weight room maybe, and, and a little bit more time with friends and family um, so that when our guys get back in January, their batteries are charged and ready to rock. No doubt.
0: So backwards planning from your first game, from a pitching side, when do you guys really start to ramp it up? And, you know, uh, taking into, into account your audience, uh, we've got pro guys, uh, college guys, and a lot of, uh, of people in the amateur ranks. So you're thinking teenagers to 22 years old. What would be your advice uh, for a, a, a really good structured Uh, ramp up plan?
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously every pitcher is a little bit different and it depends on kind of your workload for um, the previous calendar year or even longer. And so, you know, for us, um, we kind of, um, I guess we kind of look at throwing a lot like running from the standpoint that we don't, we don't want to build our guys up to this, you know, this kind of peak physical shape in the fall where they're competing and building up pitch counts and that type of thing, and then just have them just drop off a cliff and, and not throw a baseball for a while. So we do, we go through kind of like a deload phase or, or ramp down phase where, um you know, we kind of, you know, kind of gradually uh, like decelerate the car. And, you know, I'd say right around, right after Thanksgiving is where we really start kind of that ramp up phase again, where, you know, we give our guys about four to five weeks building up into, building back up into long toss and pulling down and compression throws and, um, you know, maybe even some, you know, some velo type training to make sure that our guys are, you know, our, our engines are primed and ready to rock to get back on the mound. And so we'll probably, guys start getting back on the mounds really for like bullpens right around Christmas, either just after. And then guys will throw three or four bullpens at home on their own, really kind of, you know, at their at their kind of comfort level, you know, again, each guy's going to be a little different place. And sure. obviously we're in close communication with our guys, you know, via group me or, um, you know, we use driveline track system to communicate a lot of our, our training here. So they're, you know, so we're able to, to kind of use those platforms to, 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 to train our guys even remotely. So um yeah. So our guys get back from winter break and then we'll get right into, you know, kind of bullpens and pitch design uh, type emphasis, um, you know, really make sure we're, you know, working on, on those types of things along with holding runners and just kind of seeing where our guys are at for about 25, 30 pitches. And then um, we'll have a few live at bat sessions to kind of, again, take it up a notch where we'll actually have hitters in the box on the game mound and, um, you know, we'll put some base runners on for guys to get some reads and then right at the, the last weekend in January, the NCAA allows us to, to start team practice. And that's when we get into scrimmages and, you know, our starting pitchers will be ready for, for about three innings or so that last, that last weekend in January. And then we try to go about, you know, adding an inning week by week till opening day. So our starters are ready for, you know, five, you know, five or six innings opening weekend.
0: Oh, great. I love that. You mentioned all the the one of the the things that I wanted to get into was the technology piece cuz you guys have it's a ton of different things and I think that's really neat and I also know that, that there's a large part of the population who's like I, if I inherited all that stuff I don't even know what I would do with it and so for for those and you could go talk about hitting or just program philosophy whatever wherever you want to go with that but you have all, all of this, the really cool stuff. And you mentioned driveline track, uh, the track system and, and things like that. But just what would be your advice on how to use it efficiently? And, you know, you're, we've got staffs of two and up to probably, I don't, I don't know, like what, whatever you guys have five or six, uh, essentially. And so what have you guys found as your kind of sweet spot of, Hey, we're going to use it for this. Uh, we use it to look at this, or just any advice you have on how to use it efficiently.
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, I think I think a great place to start would just be to make like, I mean, we have a Google sheet, on, you know, in our for our coaching staff that's just a wish list, and mm-hmm. we basically we prioritize, you know, so we'll we'll make a long we have a long wish list um, that our coaching, you know, all of our coaches, you know, they put I don't care if it costs a million dollars or a hundred dollars, you know, just make a wish list of all the things you feel like. You know we need as a program to get where we want to go and then we try to put a priority we try to try pr- to put up like a priority system on it to where you know the most important thing you know there might be five things that are the most important things that are like 100 150 bucks and then you know so we're going to certainly try to go grab those things you know right away you know but then you know on the flip side the most important thing might be the Trackman v3 unit which is is one of the most you know you know, one of the most expensive things that we've, we've had to purchase from a player development side of things. And that took us a year and a half to get, you know, to fundraise for and, and um, to install and everything. So um, our goal when we got here as a coaching staff, July of 2019, was we said by opening day, 2021, we wanted, we wanted to have TrackMan installed into our stadium. So, you know, we just made it a goal and, and, you know, we, we went, we, we tried to grab the low hanging fruit where we felt like we could, and utilize it and um you know again with this with we have tremendous support here from our former players and donors and alumni and administration to where you know we just keep checking boxes off of the wish list and it, you know the thing i've learned is that it keeps growing so um you know it really we, we really never get to a place where the wish list is is complete uh, unfortunately but uh but, you know, that's also the exciting thing, too, is it keeps you keeps you sharp. It keeps you from becoming complacent. And I would just tell coaches at any level, just make a wish list of all the things that you think, you know, are out there that you t- that can help your teams and go for the low hanging fruits, you know, go for the, you know, if, if you're if it's one blast motion sensor, you know, go get it. You know, you don't have to be a team that necessarily has, you know, a blast a blast sensor for every hitter or, you know, if it's, you know. Let's just say, you know, pitch it, you know, soda. you know, if you, you know, maybe you can't, you can't afford the pitching and the hitting. So, you know, pick the one of the two that you feel like would really benefit your team the most, Um, you know, and then just kind of piece by piece, layer by layer, um, just collect all that as much low hanging fruit as you can and, and keep trying to um, slowly build. But um, yeah, I mean, that would be, that would be my, you know, my advice is, is, you know, if like you know, don't get overwhelmed by the fact that, you know, there's, there's tons of things that, that we don't have that we would love to have, but we don't spend it. We don't spend any time, you know, stressing over what we don't have. We just try to stay focused on controlling what we can control, which is, you know, baseball message at any level. I think it applies. And, um, you know, so it's, that's, that's just kind of how we go about it here. And we feel like it's, it's helped us, you know, progress and hopefully, you know, hopefully, um, you know, It'll help, you know, to listeners out there that are, you know, kind of on, you know, trying to get, get some stuff going and some install with technology. Again, just, you know, don't 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 worry for a minute if you don't understand something or you don't know how something works or you know, just understand, hey, I think, you know, I think I really want to use a piece of technology to, you know, to help our players with this and just jump in two feet first, trying to learn and embrace it.
0: No doubt. I love it. And you know, you're you're someone who it seems like you're very self-reflective and you're consistently, you know, by, by listening to you talk about, Hey, we're not where we want to be and we're going to continue to push towards that every single day. You know, as, as the head coach, you've got a ton of stuff on your plate, but I, I'd love to hear, you know, what, what are some of the things that you've dug into lately that you feel like has really made an impact? And when, when coaches are listening to this, there's going to be a lot of coaches who are either you one, you two, maybe you're three, like yourself who are like, okay, I, I want to know what other coaches are, are digging into and, and any advice or anything that you, that you've learned lately, uh, any epiphanies that you've had, but just, does anything come to mind of like, Hey, I like, this is something that I've been digging into lately and I don't, I don't know where it, where it is yet or, or something that I've really learned that's really made a big impact on me.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's necessarily one thing that comes to mind I and mean, it's, it's a great question, I w- but you know, I would just say, um, as I get older, I've, I've tried to become a better listener and I've tried to really, um, you know, I I think as a head coach, I I think, you know, your initial sense is kind of what you said is like, I've got, um, you know, there's, you know, when the day starts, there's, you know, there's so many things that, you know, I need to do or accomplish and, and that sort of thing. But, um, you know what I found is the more that i the more that I listen to you know kind of my coaching staff is incredible and the more I listen to the support so my support staff that's that's incredible and and our players who you know they're they're changing our program on a daily basis with with everything they're doing um you know the more I listen the more I listen and I feel like um the more progress we make and you know I, I think that that's something that that's that's probably very um you know, maybe it might, you know, as a younger coach, I think I was, you know, I was maybe more eager to, to speak or to, um, you know, to teach by talk, like talking or speaking. Whereas, you know, as I've gotten older, I've, I've tried to be a better listener. And I think that that's maybe something that's, that's helped our progress in the last, the last few years. No doubt. Uh, That's something I
0: think we could all, (laughs) we could all do a better job of. I know myself included, I've actually mentioned that, that same thing and, it's not easy, but it's just like, slow down. Like what, you know, if we're not here for the, the person in front of you, then truly what are we here for? And I, I love hearing you say that.
1: Yeah. It's something I have to work on, you know, daily. Cause again, it, you know, things can, things can get really busy and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, but again, it gets back to, I, I think, I think one of the, I would recommend everybody. I think that there's a, there's a YouTube video out there with Buzz Williams talking to his coaching staff at Texas A&M when he got there. Um, about about again concentrating on your stops versus your steps because you know if you if you're building if you're building a bridge and you're just going you know across a a a wide gap and you know you're 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 not hammering the nails in you know on the boards on that bridge that's you know that's over that 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 gap you're going to look back and that bridge is going to have you know boards falling off and and it's not going to be a sturdy bridge and um, the people that are following you aren't going to be able to cross with you. And you know I think you, you know again, I'm summarizing, but you know, I think that's I think that's spot on. you know, I, I think you know, I, I think you know just being very deliberate and intentional with um, you know the things that you're you're focused on is is pivotal. and if and um, you know because otherwise, you're gonna look, like I said, you're gonna look back and if you rush through conversations and you rush through tasks and you rush through, um, you know, pre- certainly practice and training, then you're gonna look back and that bridge isn't going to be as strong as it needs to be. So sure, um, you know I, I, I give a ton of credit to you know to you know the coach Williams for you know putting that message out because that was that when he when I saw that right before I came to Charlotte, it was very impactful for me, and it's something I still try to you know kind of think about at times when I feel like things need to slow down or are 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 going too fast. Sure.
0: With with the communication piece, uh, you know, I I don't know. I've never been a head coach. I it seems like good head coaches are really good communicators, or at least they're striving to be better at it. And listening is a is a huge one. But it sounds like you guys, you and your staff, talk a lot. What, what have you guys found uh, as a successful way to do that? And it may be ever evolving from year one to year two to the the different staffs that you have, but I'd love to hear just the the formula that you guys have settled on lately that, that has been effective for you.
1: Well, as a coaching staff, we have, you know, we have a group text that, that I have pinned at the top of my, um, you know, my text thread, I guess. So, you know, it's uh, at times, I feel like it's a, I feel like I'm, You know, I'm probably the most active on that, so it's like there'll be times where, you know, I think I think the guys I coach with are, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're they're, I don't know, they're off doing whatever, Um, but but it's it's very active, you know, like our our coaches are we're we're texting all the time with each other, um, you know, ideas, things we see out there that we think are good, things that we feel like we could do a better job of, things that You know, um, we're just always, always communicating as a staff. Um, You know, I'm sitting up here in the office right now, overlooking our field at the stadium. And, you know, one of the best things that we feel like we did as a coaching staff um, with the help of our administration is when I got here, our coaches offices were across the street. If you can see, you know, behind me over my my right shoulder, there's, you know, there um, you know, we've got a really nice field house. Mm hmm. Room and and you know, but the previous coaching you know, Coach Hibbs and their offices were across the street. And um, you know, as nice as you know, maybe those offices were. I think moving our offices up here, you know, having a little bit of separation from the players so they can have their space, um, but also having you know, just you know, we're here all the time, and for us to have the ability to be up here and and um, you know, drink coffee and 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 spread out and talk and. You know, I've got stuff written on the windows behind me. You can probably tell a little bit, Um, but, you know, we we don't have dry erase boards here. We have windows. So that's great. We write on we, we've got, we write on windows all over the offices as far as just brainstorming everything from recruiting to lineups to uh, upcoming schedules and events. And and we just break stuff down and um, kind of, you know, again, you know, some, you know, sometimes we all agree on things and Mm -hmm. sometimes we get in these sessions where we're split or, don't really agree, but we just, you know, we all have this mutual respect where we all, you know, we, we all can, you know, communicate with one another and, and break it down um, in that front. And then from a program standpoint, um, you know, I think again, you know, I think coach Fox at UNC um, having played for him for four years and coached with him for five um, starting back in the fall of 2003 and all the way through the spring of 2019, you know, nine years, playing and coaching with him. Um, you know, I saw him, he sent a he sent an email every single night to the entire program, basically from, you know, when the guys were coming back in August through the season ending in June. Every single night. Wow. And that's crazy. For 20 plus years, you know, 20, 25 years. And um, you know, again, that's it's something that I that I pulled from him. And um you know, so every single every single night I send an email, usually between, you know, six and 9 p.m., sometimes 930. Um, it's usually the last thing I do when I leave the office where I'll send an email to the entire program, coaches, players, support staff. And it'll have the upcoming you know, tomorrow's schedule along with the upcoming week or however long kind of see fit. And um, sometimes it'll be a short message. Sometimes it'll be a long message some thoughts but but i'll send an email every single night just making sure that we're all on the same page with what we want tomorrow to look like and what we want to accomplish and you know go from there so that's really good yeah it's just something you know again it's something that i've I've, i took from coach fox that that i think again not you know um i think there's some newer school methods with i mean we have we have a group me uh, for the team that I think most programs use, and and I, I know there's you know there's programs that use Slack channels and those types of things, but I just think there's something to where, you know, I, one I think it's important for our players to check their 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 school emails, which you, know, <laughs> you, you kind of take for granted as an adult. You know, look at your email all the time, but right. you know I think I think you know college students coming from high school they they haven't really developed that habit yet, so it gets them. Mm you know, it gets them in that mode of making sure that they're staying on top of checking their email. And then also it kind of gives them the freedom to look, you know, to know that that they're going to get, um, you know, a message from me and, and what tomorrow looks like and some thoughts. And um, I send that every single night and, um, you know, we can talk about it a little bit more if you'd like, but we, you know, it, you mentioned social media and we always, you know, we we, you know, kind of our, our mantra within the programs, we play for the nine across the chest, the nine ATC mm-hmm. and so I sent a nightly email. It just, it says nine ATC. And then, you know, like tomorrow's will be nine ATC, 1115. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then, you know, tomorrow night it'll be nine ATC, 1116. And so, you know, it just kind of, uh, it's just something that that I really took from coach Fox and I saw a ton of value in, um, and I believe coach Forbes at UNC, I think, I think he does the same thing as well. Um, I just think it's an aspect that helps a program run and kind of fire on all cylinders more when there's consistent daily communication Uh, because schedules change, you know, you can put a schedule, you can put a schedule in place and we play an outdoor sport or, you know, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's weather rolling in at four o'clock and we need to move things up, you know, whatever it may be, we've got recruits coming in. We want our players to know the names of the recruits that are coming in to visit, whatever it may be. You know, I think communication's pivotal and, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a coach communicate um, better, um, you know, within a, you know, leading a program than coach Fox at UNC. So certainly try to certainly try to take as much as I've tried to take as much of that with me um, here to Charlotte.
0: No, I I love it. And you hear, you hear coaches all the time, talk about communication and thank you for, you know, digging into some of the different practical sides of being able to do that. I I think there's a ton of different avenues, but I, I think that, you know, if I was going to not grade you, but if I was going to say the constant communication and then you're you're talking about nine ATC, like whenever I see that now, I'll know exactly what that means and you guys are are doing it constantly. And so it's not just something that's, that's posted on a wall. It's something that is meaningful enough to you to include on a daily basis and to ingrain into basically the fabric of, of what you guys are building there. I love it.
1: Well, thanks. And you know, I'll just share, I mean, Again, I touched on it earlier, but there's three coaches on our staff that grew up in Charlotte, myself, Toby Bicknell, and Tyler Simmons. And, um, you know, this city and this certainly the school, but this city means a lot to to our entire coaching staff, but us in particular. And I just remember driving from Chapel Hill to Charlotte with my my car packed up. I was making my second trip, you know, two full car loads where I could barely you know, I think we've all probably moved somewhere and you've just got everything packed in and you can barely move. And um I remember I was pulling up to I was pulling up to to Charlotte and I was getting ready to get off on the exit and, and I saw the skyline and I I just had this idea that, you know, we've you know, what are we gonna you know, we've gotta play for something bigger than ourselves. We've gotta play for something, you know, bigger than than just wins and losses. And and to me, um, you know, I think this program for us to be at the level we wanna be at, we've gotta play for the nine across the chest in the city of Charlotte. I mean, that's what it stands for. So, you know, the first two years here at Charlotte, um, I took responsibility and, and kind of came up with, you know, what each letter in the city of Charlotte, Charlotte meant character, humility, uh, accountability, relentlessness, loyalty, opportunity, um, toughness, tenacity, and energy. And that's what, you know, and, and then I defined each of those, to find each of those letter, you know, those words with what I felt like they meant and what I felt like should translate to our team playing on the field and how we carry ourselves, you know, in the classroom and in the community. You know, but then in talking with our coaching staff this summer, you know, we, we all kind of got to an agreement that, hey, we don't think this, we don't think that each team should play for the same, you know, the same man across the chest. It's a different team. You know, this year's team is not last year's team. So to try to avoid kind of, you know, we've, I think we've all, you know, and I think, I think everyone in athletics can, you know, can tell you, I mean, there's, you know, if you, if you leave something on the wall long enough, you kind of stop reading it, you know, and, you know, if you got, um, so what we didn't want to happen is we didn't want the message to go stale or stagnant. And we didn't want to just assume that because, you know, we had some success last year, you know, playing for the nine across the chest that just all of a sudden it's got to be there again this year. I mean, this is a completely different team. We have, you know, we brought in 26 players in a recruiting class that weren't, you know, they weren't in the dugout for last year's team, you know, and we returned 16. So, you know, that did. And, but it's, it's a completely different team. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, we made, we made the decision of coaching staff that, and, and we will, from this point on each and every year, every, you know, each team will get to define, you know, what 9ATC mean, means to them. I love it. Our players, you know, without really sharing, our, our players took some time and, and they they delivered to our coaching staff what they felt like the nine letters should represent. They defined it. And that's what it means to us. Cool. So that's what we play for, whether, we, you know, what days that we feel great, days we feel just all right. And days where we're tired, worn down, beat down, we're still going to get after it and play for those things that are bigger than us. So that's what really what nine atc is about.
0: I love it, and again, that goes back to what we talked about earlier, which is giving back. And you know, your your bumpers almost uh, in the program, and you're just trying to keep them, you know, between the lines, and and let it be their team. And you're you're being a consultant. Uh, obviously, you probably you put the hammer down when you need to, but you're trying to give them as much uh, say and responsibility as you can. Which I love that. So, and I think that coaches that do that are. Uh, the best ones to, to play for, because you feel free. You feel you take ownership, you have a say in things. And, and I, am sure you took that from, from coach Fox whenever you guys play there. And that's, that's what has progressed into why you're doing the same thing. Absolutely. Oh, well, that's great. So I've got two more questions for you. Quick hitters, if you want, uh, before we go, sure. the first one is, is you, you've talked a lot about giving player ownership and, and having them have a say in the program, which again, talk to ad nauseum about it and I love it. But what, is, what are some different practical drills that they like or like say, you know, I, I see you guys post some really cool stuff on social media. But if you were going to, you know, put them all in a room and pull them on some of their some of the favorite things that you guys do on a field with drills or series or or use, whatever it is, what, what would a few of those things be?
1: You know, I, I, that's a great question. I would say probably the fact that our players know that when they show up, they're going to be tested in, in a variety of ways every day. Um, I think that that's something when we look at, when we look at, um, you know, developing a practice plan or what we're trying to accomplish that day is we really don't want our players to show up every day and and feel like, okay, it's a, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to face front toss. We're going to face a live arm and we're going to face, you know, a hack attack, middle, middle, you know, with a hand on time, every time. Right. Like we because over time they're like, you know, they're they're going to start to ace that test each and every day. Well, what's going to happen when you're facing, um, you know, a guy that throws across his body or throws from really high or a guy that throw, has a nasty left handed slider? Um, you know, so we try to and I think Coach Sibahar really, um, um, really does a great job of, every, you know, f- from a hitter standpoint is, you know, when our hitters show up each and every day, they're being they're being tested from a variety of different looks on the on the hacks, and um, it's not e- it's not easy. You know, we talk about that in practice all the time. Is is um, you know, we talk about that as a team all the time. Is that practice is supposed to be hard? You know, and your, your, your practice is supposed to be hard so that the game can hopefully become easier. Um, you know, and we're going to face a ton of different tests. I mean, we're going to face. You know just in the regional alone last year i mean we faced um you know gavin williams big tall righty downhill you know high velocity guy who's you know he's gonna pitch in the big leagues probably for a long long time and then we ran into a lefty ramsey from maryland that just kind of had a little bit of a side slot plus slider you know two completely different looks um you know and so we've just we've tried to learn from that and just try to really say okay um you know let's let's test our guys you know let's give our let's give our, our guys as many different tests as we possibly can so um yeah i think on that front i just i wouldn't say there's necessarily a drill in general i would just say just the just that our guys know that they're going to they're going to be tested every day they show up at practice and if they you know if they pass these tests that they should you know they should head back to the locker room at the end of the day knowing that they got better and that they're more ready for the game because the game's really hard mm-hmm. and you know so that's that's probably just a general response, you know, but I also think too, one thing I've, one thing I've learned is, you know, I think it's pivotal for coaches to, you know, to train, you know, from a defensive standpoint as a team, you know, I think, uh, you know, if you go wide, one, because your players are coming from all over the country, they haven't played together, right? So they need to get acclimated, you know, in team defense and drills and those types of things. And you need to run through as many situations as you can. Uh, to where they all come together and they can think for themselves. Um, but also you know just the general travel ball, travel ball dynamic is there's not a ton of practice, you know they or they're in a facility and they're not on a diamond practicing together, running through tandems and relays and first and thirds and situations and those types of things. So we try to you know we try to really push the envelope and and go fast and run and, and we do a, do a lot of like situational defense, type of work with our guys and make sure that they're, they're a co- cohesive unit on that front. So I think the more that you can, you know, do those things, you know, test your guys in a, in a variety of ways, you know, get them, get them comfortable being uncomfortable and then getting them play as a cohesive unit. Um, you know, I think those are things that are, that are, you know, very valuable. Really good. And
0: the last one I've got for you is, you know, if, if you had to, leave you get the opportunity to leave our coaches with just some advice and so if if you have some listeners who are listening to you for the first and only time ever and you wanted to leave them with something that's that's really helped you with your career and and you mentioned the buzz williams quote i mean just anything like that or you could be a book or just advice you got from coach fox of of whatever it could be but you know you're you get this one opportunity to share with them something that you find impactful and what comes to mind
1: Um, gosh, that's, that's that's a great question. I would say, um, probably two things would be the first thing that comes to mind is my first year coaching. I worked a camp up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I was, I was, you know, fortunate enough to kind of get to work alongside Ron Polk, longtime legendary coach, literally wrote the, wrote the book on college, you know, the, the baseball playbook. And, uh, he and I were riding to the airport together in a car and I asked him, I said, I said, coach, this is my first year coaching. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, if you had a piece of advice for me, what would it be? So I'll I'll share with the audience what he told me. He said, so would he be yourself? He said, don't try to be something you're not. Um, If you, you know, if you try to be, if you try to be something you're not, then your players are going to see right through you. And that's always, that's always really tried to stick with me. Um, You know, because I think, again, I think we all have coaches that we admire. I think we all have coaches that we you know, respect and we emulate. But at the end of the day, I think, I I think what's, um, I think that advice has really helped me, you know, kind of, um, you know, um, I don't want to say be successful, but be more at peace with the result, you know, like, like when, you know, when we, when things don't go well, or we don't have success, you know, at least, at least at the end of the day too, when you know, like you've kind of been yourself and you've done things, in a manner at which you're proud of and, and, you know, the results happen, then that's certainly great, but they don't, you know, you're, you're at peace with them. And, and uh, I think it's helped me have a better relationship with, with my players. Uh, at least I would hope so. So, um, sure. you know, I would, I would share that advice. Um, you know, just cause again, when, when, you know, if Ron Polk's going to give, give me advice, then I'm going to listen.
0: Sure. I guess I got one more for you, a follow-up to that one. So you you've got you got the chance to work for uh, one of the most fantastic college baseball coaches ever. Do you did you ever feel like you had to fight the urge to when you got the job to be more like him? Because I you know I've gotten the chance to work with some really really good head coaches, and I want to take bits and pieces from them like like you mentioned and put them into my personality. And lately I've been reading uh, the the newest Patriots book. It's better to be feared and all of Belichick's assistants tried to go and and implement everything exactly like him. And they all, like, I don't think any of them have had much success. And so that's, that's kind of stuck in my brain lately. And I don't think that, that you have done that, but I had wondered if you had 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 to ever fight that urge.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I would say a little bit. I mean, I think there's some times where, you know, there's some, maybe some, some things or standards that, um, you know, again, maybe it maybe I've tried to, you know, kind of instill that we're, well, you know, these are standards or things that Coach Fox instilled. So I, you know, I have to, you know, I have to do it here versus, you know, kind of, I think that, I think it's important to be able to read the room and, you know, sometimes when you read the room and it says, Hey, look, you know, this is, you know, our team here, you know, this 2022, you know, Niners baseball team, you know this isn't the 2012 UNC team. This isn't the 2006 UNC team. So you can't coach them as such. And there's certain, you know, there's going to be crossovers. There's going to be, you know, some certainly some standards that I think are again we talked about them earlier that are non-negotiable. But I think you have to have the ability to read the room and recognize that that this team, you know, whichever team it is, wherever you are at whatever level you're coaching, I think you need to be able to read the room and say yeah, I know this worked last year. Or I know this worked in previous years, but you know, this, my gut tells me that this team needs a little bit more or a little bit of less of this, whatever this is. And you've got to be able to, I think as a coach to be able to adjust and read the room. And I think that's, I think that's really important. Um, you know, and, and it doesn't, it does, you know, I was, you know, getting back to, you know, kind of the, the, the Belichick and the assistant coach, Reference. I mean, I think I don't think any of those assistant coaches had Tom Brady as their quarterback. So, uh, uh, I I think um, you know, I think that would that would certainly enhance their their (laughs) their their, their chances if they did. Um, No doubt. But yeah, you've got to be yourself. Getting back to Coach Polk's advice, and you got to be able to read the room and um, not wait until next season to make an adjustment. Um, You know, I think I think long time, long time college baseball hall of fame coach augie Garrido, said coaching coaching is not looking back and second guessing coaching is is looking forward and seeing what's coming and adjusting before something happens and i've always tried to to take that with me too and i so i think i think being able to look through the windshield and see what's coming um is far far more important than you know than looking in the rearview mirror, mirror and saying well this worked in the past it should work in the future that, that that's not necessarily the case in my opinion
0: thank you for listening to ahead of the curve if you enjoyed the show please consider leaving us a rating or review wherever you are listening i also wanted to remind you that you can find the video portion at the aotc channel on stick ball tv have a great week